I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reform on the radio, you know, we are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you, and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to, Blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. Okay, I want to welcome you back to Semper Reform on the Radio. This is Tim Shaughnessy, and today, we finally have Carlos Montijo, who is back with us. Uh, he's been out for quite a while, actually. Carlos, when was the last episode that you did? Oh, man. Uh, was it the interview with Doug, with, uh, Doug Dalma? <laughs> you know what? I Maybe think, there. man, I think that might have been it. I've Secretly, I've been uh, thinking about taking you off the, uh, the intro music. So <laughs> You know, it's funny because it's, a, it's very fitting because this episode is going to be another one of those definitional, super awesome, mega important episodes. So very well, excited about this. Yes, one. yes, it is. And, and it's, uh, I think because of the guests that we have on, we have with us today Tom Geoditis, or is it Geoditis? It's pronounced Geoditis. Judaitis from the Trinity Foundation, and he is uh, the president of the Trinity Foundation. And I believe you're the son-in-law of the late Dr. John Robbins. Is that correct as well? Yes, I am. I married his daughter, Laura. Okay. So I, I think it's a tremendous honor to have you on today, Tom. I want to welcome you to the show. We have been promoting the Trinity Foundation for really the entirety of the time that we've been doing podcasts. And, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the reasons that we even joined the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network was because at the time, and I believe it's still this case, we were the only ones who are Clarkians, and we wanted to bring attention to the Trinity Foundation. We wanted to, uh, we hear a lot of stuff about it that's negative, and we wanted to really come out and speak favorably of it because it is one of our favorite ministries, and it, it's really helped Carlos and I tremendously just in our own personal walk with the Lord and we also wanted to really give a platform to Gordon Clark and promote the writings and teachings of Gordon Clark and so having you on I think is really going to be a bolster to that and uh, and I'm excited to have you on and uh, I wanted to before we start I just wanted uh, to let our listeners know that the Trinity Foundation they have a book sale where a lot of their books are 50% off now, this sale has been going on from May 1st, and it ends October 31st, which I guess is fitting because that's the Reformation Day. But uh, 
I wanted to just let our listeners know about that so that they could take advantage of that. Uh, Tom, is it is it all of the books or is it just uh, certain books on a list? Uh, the, the sale is books on a list, but the rest of the books that are not on the list are 25% off. And that also includes uh, the DVDs that we sell from Adolem Films by Chris Pinto. So the eBooks are not on sale and the uh, the lectures that are on compact disc are not on sale because they're already marked down significantly anyway. Well, and, and the ebooks are are pretty cheap anyway. So yes. uh, if, if people want to get the ebooks, uh, I actually had somebody ask me which books they should start with, and I recommended God's Hammer and A Christian View of Men and Things. I, I don't know if you guys have a different pick, but that's what I recommended, and he actually bought the ebooks. So there's that option as well. And then the Trinity Foundation, they also have a bunch of articles that they publish, and they also have a bunch of lectures. So they have a lot of stuff to offer, uh, a lot of stuff that is extremely relevant to the church today. So we definitely recommend this to our listeners. And I want to give Carlos an opportunity to chime in here if, if he wants to say hello I know that he's had a long history with the Trinity Foundation. He's actually the one who introduced me to the Trinity Foundation back when I was a Bantillian. So, uh, so that's funny to me because now I'm a, a Clarkian. So, anyways, Carlos. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it is an absolute honor and privilege to have with us uh, Mr. Tom Jodidas uh, from the Trinity Foundation. As Tim said, this is one of our favorite ministries. We already had, you know, Brother Tim Kaufman on, and he's been doing some great stuff on, uh, you know, eschatology, the Book of Revelation, church history, the Roman Catholicism. But now we are, I mean, we're very excited about, you know, having uh, Tom and, and Tim on. And so, you know, I kind of, I think I might have told this story before when I first found out about the Trinity Foundation was when I, it was in 2009, back in 2009 when I was um, still in college and I was looking for some scholarship money. And lo and behold, I basically stumbled on the Christian scholarship, uh, what is it called? The Christian Essay Contest, Christian Worldview Essay Contest. And uh, it was practically by accident because I was just looking for money. And uh, the prizes looked very appealing. You know, there was like, a, I think the first uh, first place was uh, $3,000 and a ton of, you know, books from the Trinity Foundation and so on and so forth. So that was why uh what drew me in initially and then the the book was based the the contest that the book was based on was actually gordon clark's uh, god's primer you know which is a, a compilation of his of his essays on the inspiration the authority and uh, you know basically a study of bibliology or the bible uh, and one of my favorite books i've read that book like five or six times and it's just an outstanding read it's, it's helped me so much all of the books that i've read from you know the trinity foundation of been some of my favorite books and uh, take advantage of the book sale you know these are the some of the best books that you know we've ever read like you will learn an incredible amount from from you will you really go deep you're gonna go very deep with the kind of material that the Trinity Foundation offers and because they talk about everything you know this is a, a foundation that focuses on everything from discernment to sound doctrine to Christian philosophy they they leave no st stone unturned, so they really provide you with a comprehensive theology and worldview uh, that's that's thoroughly biblical on just about every subject you can imagine. So, welcome again to the show, Tom. And so I think we should probably get started here. What do you say, Tim? Yeah, that sounds great, Carlos. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I want to give Tom an opportunity to just introduce himself. 
we we know uh, very little about him, and I'm sure that our listeners really don't know a whole lot about him. But uh, Tom, can you uh, tell us a few things about yourself, who you are, and and we'll we'll start from that. Okay. Well, thank you first of all for having me on your show. I, it's a, it's really a pleasure and delight to be on the show with you all. Um, I am Tom Juditis. I am the president of the Trinity Foundation. I uh, married John's middle daughter, Laura, and he became my father-in-law. Um, my background, I became a Christian in high school my senior year, and God gave me a hunger and a desire to read his word. And I became a Christian about the winter of my senior year in high school, and by the time I left to college, I had actually read through the whole scripture. And I uh, went to a Baptist church. I had some friends that were, were Baptists, and so that's where I went. But I met a fella at college, ended up becoming my best friend, who started talking to me about uh, predestination, election, uh, the atonement. And these things made sense because I had read through the Bible. And that is how I got into the Reformed faith. And uh, there was a, a small Orthodox Presbyterian church there. I grew up in California. And I was at the University of California at Santa Cruz, and there was a small OP church there. That's where we went. And um, I had about three years at the University of California, or I'm sorry, two years at the University of California at Santa Cruz. And um, uh, becoming a Christian, obviously that was not a place where I could grow educationally. And so I transferred to Covenant College and finished up my degree there in English and secondary education. After graduation, I worked for a year doing odd jobs, I think delivering pizzas mainly, and then I got a teaching position at a Christian school up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I taught English uh, to junior high kids for about 10 years. And then during that time, I also uh, taught church history and apologetics to high school students. And I moved down, We moved, I met Laura while I was up in Pittsburgh. And we moved down after the birth of our first uh, child to be closer to her family, uh, to John and Linda. And uh, I got a teaching position at the school down here in Johnson City, Tennessee, uh, teaching English again and also some logic. So my background is is English. And becoming an English teacher, uh, editing was uh, right up my alley. And, uh, you know, those, those grammar mistakes kind of jump off the page at me. Uh, I'm weird that way, I guess. And so I was teaching church history up at, up in Pittsburgh. And, and after I met, uh, Dr. Robbins, uh, he let me take some books out of his library on church history to help me in my teaching of my classes. And, uh, he was very generous toward me. I was in an OP church up in Pittsburgh, um, very strong Van Tillian and other things uh, of that, of that sort. I, I had heard the stories, you know, of John Robbins and in these things and uh the the stories and the man don't compare um he, he was generous uh uh yes he is um very polemical in his writings but bad doctrine false doctrine needs to be fought it needs to be exposed it needs to be counteracted and that's why he was polemical because doctrine matters and um so he he let me read some of the the books he was he was thinking about publishing and and I you know 
spotted some errors and things like that. So I think he saw some of the gifts that I could that I could bring uh, to the table. And so that's how I got involved with the, the Trinity Foundation. And then um, I was made pres vice president under him. And when he passed, it was his desire that I become the president uh, to continue the ministry of the Trinity Foundation. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. Um, well, I yeah, I appreciate uh, everything that you said. And, uh, you know, some of the things that you touched on are some of the things that we we want to, I guess, try to cover in this podcast because it seems uh, that a lot of the negative stuff that we've heard about the Trinity Foundation just seems to be from an echo chamber. We, we've heard the, the same phrases over and over and over. And uh, most of the people, I think, that, that do uh, have something critical to say, they they usually, uh, you know, say, well, I read this article and I, I didn't appreciate it or something like that. But before we get into that, I really want for you to just give our listeners an overall view of what is the purpose and goal of the Trinity Foundation overall? I mean, it was started by John Robbins. Is that correct? That is correct. He started in 1978 and uh, began publishing articles even then. Uh, the purpose, and I'm taking this really kind of summarizing some of the things said in the uh, crisis of our time um, that we publish in all of our, uh, in the back of all of our books. And the purpose is really teaching the faithful all that scriptures contain, presenting the system of doctrine taught in the Bible as clearly and as unambiguously as possible. That also means in, uh, counteracting the irrationalism of the age and exposing the errors of the teachers of the church. In doing so, we're emphasizing the Bible as the sole source of truth. It has a systematic monopoly on truth, John would say often. Also, the primacy of the intellect, the supreme importance of correct doctrine, and the necessity of systematic and logical thinking. God is a God of order, not of chaos, and so our thinking must be logical. So that's the purpose, presenting the system of Christian teaching, the philosophy and doctrine, theology of the Bible, as well as counteracting the errors of the age in which we live. And I was actually going to ask you about that later because I've noticed that article, uh, The Crisis of Our Time, or The Crisis of Our Time, is in the back of pretty much every every book that I've bought from the Trinity Foundation. But let me ask you this. So it, the Trinity Foundation was started by Dr. Robbins, and one of the things that it aims to do is to preserve the legacy and the teachings of Dr. Gordon Clark. So I wanted to ask you, what was the relationship between Dr. Clark and Dr. Robbins? I, I believe he was a student of his, but it seems like they became much closer as friends, uh, so much so that I know that in one of his books, uh, Dr. Clark asked Robbins to finish the book for him. So uh, if, you could, if you could fill us in on that. Well, Dr. Robbins was not a student in terms of in the classroom setting of, of Dr. Clark's, but during his... Uh, his PhD uh, at Johns Hopkins uh, in political philosophy, Dr. Robbins was searching for a, um, an epistemology that would be a sure foundation to his thesis. And he tried Van Til in 
it, it led to confusion. He, he looked there and he looked elsewhere. It wasn't until he uh, came across Dr. Clark's works, especially I think the one that really, uh, really hooked him was uh, Religion, Reason, and Revelation. And uh, just as an aside, that, that would be one that I would recommend to people first reading uh, Clark. That's his, his, I think, his magnum opus on, on apologetics, is uh, Religion, Reason, and Revelation. And so he, he struck up a correspondence with Dr. Clark, and, uh, and also, personally, he did have uh, Dr. Clark baptize one of his children um, uh, while Dr. Clark was still alive. And they did uh, become, I guess, maybe mentor in terms of ideas, mentor and mentee. But they were also equals. They were both PhDs. And um, one of the reasons, uh, primary reasons also for starting the Trinity Foundation was to preserve and uh, publish, keep in print, the works of Gordon Clark. Um, you know, PNR had published some, uh, Erdman's and other publishing companies had published some things, but I think by the time Dr. Robbins was around, they weren't so much interested in publishing Clark very much anymore. And so Robbins saw the value of Clark's um, scripturalism and wanted to keep that in print. Uh, it, it is an antidote to so much of the irrationalism of the age, of which much in the Christian church is not an antidote, but continues some of the same errors in thinking. And so Robbins wanted to keep uh, Clark's works in print, and Clark was uh, appreciative of that and even uh, donated himself to the cause, and uh, not only his, his writings, but even financially. And then the book you were referring to is The Incarnation, where it was uh, the last book that uh, Clark was working on before he passed. And uh, before he passed, he wanted Robbins to, to complete it. And, and Robbins, I think, added a paragraph or two just in summary uh, at the end in the book on The Incarnation. So that's really the relationship there. Uh, Robbins was never a student, say, in the classroom of Clark, but he saw in Clark one who's Christian philosophy, Christian theology, uh, gave a proper biblical intellectual defense of, of Christianity. Let, let me ask you this. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about who Robbins was. And, and like I said before, we, we have heard a lot of criticism of Robbins. And as you already mentioned, he was very polemical. So what, what should our listeners know about him? And, and then talk a little bit about just the fact that he was polemical, because we we received some criticism about Dr. Robbins and about the Trinity Foundation. And uh, it came about because there was a, a person who sent an email to Tim Hurd thanking us for the episodes that we did with Tim Kaufman about Tim Keller. And, uh, and the first comment was uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, that John Robbins were doing hit pieces on well-known Christians. And what, what I find really interesting about that is to describe what John Robbins was doing as a hit piece really, I think, is an uncharitable characteristic itself of what John Robbins was trying to do. First of all, we have to recognize the intellect that was behind the, the articles that were being written. It's not as if he was some obscure person in his mom's basement trying to make a name for himself. 
looking around the the landscape of Christianity, trying to figure out who he could do a hit piece on. And just to characterize what the Trinity Foundation does, to characterize what John Robbins was doing as doing a hit piece on somebody, as if he was out to get somebody, I think is itself very uncharitable. And we hear these things all the time. But what came to light was the fact that John, uh, John Robbins had criticized John Piper. And the individual thought that, you know, he was very uncharitable, that he, he referred to him as Pied Piper, and he didn't appreciate that or, you know, he, he had an issue with that. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us, you know, what should our listeners know about John Robbins in light of these criticisms and in light of the fact that he criticized people who, like John Piper, uh, who I, I personally think has a lot of problems. I haven't done a full assessment on Piper, so I'm not really sure where to place Piper, but uh, I know that you and Carlos would probably have a little bit more to say about that. But if you could just uh, shed some light on that, that would be helpful. Thank you. Um, John was... Uh, uh, a very personable uh, person. Uh, he gets this rap that he's some sort of angry, you know, angry man, and he and he's not. He had a great sense of humor, but when truth is assailed and truth is attacked, he was valiant for the truth. And just as the Bible in the Bible, uh, Paul named names of those who were teaching false doctrine, so John was not afraid to name names. And this is important. We need to be aware. And uh, someone of Piper's stature has a big platform. And so if he's teaching air, he's spreading it far and wide. And so he needs to be taken to task and it needs to be pointed out. And so John Robbins saw that he was teaching some air. And he, and he dealt with not Piper as a person. Now, there's no personal attacks in the article. It's dealing with his teachings, his doctrine. And he is dealing with those doctrines, and they were false. They were false doctrines. And, and, and they're not just false doctrines on uh, something that's not that important, but he was dealing with the doctrine of justification, the doctrine on which the church stands or falls. And he was teaching error on the doctrine of justification. And he has since done so. He, he's given N.T. Wright a pass. He's written a book on N.T. Wright's theology, and he kind of gave him a pass, it seemed to me. And... Um, he's also had, uh, he's given a platform um, to Doug Wilson of the Federal Vision by having him speak at his national conference, um, his Desiring God conference. He's also given a platform to Rick Warren of the Purpose Driven Life and Purpose Driven Church movement. Warren is also someone who went to the same seminary he did, Fuller Seminary. And so, you know, Piper's got some problems on his doctrine of scripture. He agrees with uh, Daniel Fuller, who uh, didn't hold to full inspiration. So, you know, there's some issues there. And so when someone has a big platform and they're teaching error, many can be led astray. And so it's the biblical thing. It's the right thing to do is to expose the errors and those teaching the errors. We're hopeful that, you know, the person that's teaching those would recant and, and repent. But for the sake of the people that are out there that are reading and learning from this person, they need to be exposed so that the people take heed. You know, all of us ideally ought to be Bereans and comparing 
what someone is teaching with the scripture. They need to do that with the Trinity Foundation. John Robbins and Gordon Clark are not infallible. I'm not infallible. Only the word of God is. Only God is. And so everybody needs to be a Berean uh, when it comes to that. Unfortunately, we live in a time of great man-pleasing, great hero worship. You know, people follow after men, just as they did in the Corinthian church. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Bantu. I'm of Clark. Uh, you know, I'm of Piper. I'm of MacArthur. You know, we need to follow them as they follow Christ, but where they're, where, where they are, we need to say, no, we need to follow Christ, not the air. I absolutely agree. Carlos, did you have anything to add to that? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's really interesting because one of the things uh, that you mentioned earlier about the Trinity Foundation heavily promoting an emphasis on a systematic grasp of the Bible and this is one of those things that literally rescued me from so many uh, perilous movements that I literally would fall into just about every time I came across uh, something on the internet because that's what happened to me when I was when I first became a Christian. I didn't have a church or a mentor to uh, to guide me. I was basically just raised on the internet, and the first thing I came across that really drew my my attention was uh, a fundamentalist King James only website. But when I started reading Clark and the Trinity Foundation, it literally, it's very true what you were saying. You know, the truth literally sets you free. Um, now, because I've, I've benefited so much and learned so much from the Trinity Foundation, I'm no longer tossed to and fro, like the Bible says, you know, that being tossed around by false, every wind of false teaching. Um, it grounds you so solidly that now, I just, I, I know, you can smell it now. You can smell it from a mile away when somebody's straying from, from the biblical teaching or from, you know, it equips you so thoroughly and so well that um, you, you can see it coming from a mile away. And it's so empowering. And it is so, it just gives you a peace to know that the truth, you have the truth because it's in the Bible and you understand it because it's, because you have a consistent understanding of the Bible and it enables you to, um, it's, it literally sets you free. You know, I believe Jesus was talking about that very thing. That's exactly what it sets you free from the lies and e and deception, even from, from, from people who claim to be uh, Christian or who, uh, you know, who, who claim to be uh, teachers of the church, you know, Christian teachers or whatever. So one thing I did also want to say is that I highly recommend for people to read the, the material from the Trinity Foundation their books, you you do have to buy, of course. They're very affordable, but a lot of the material is actually free on the website. You know, they have MP3 lectures that you can download and listen to online, which we've also been putting up on our podcast when we, uh, you know, we put on the, some of the lectures every now and then. Extremely, extremely edifying material. They cover everything, again, from political politics to, to science to, to theology to logic, everything. And also, there's an article... Uh, from the Trinity Review, which I guess is like the, it's like a journal. Is it, what would you, it's like a periodical, right, Tom? It's yeah, a, yeah I, I call it a monthly newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. So, journal. right. And you, the, you, I guess you publish an article uh, with every edition or newsletter. And so uh, there's a 2002 article called the Pied Piper. And that's the article that Robbins wrote regarding uh, John Piper criticizing uh, several points of his uh, theology uh, that were extremely problematic, to say the least. I mean, they were, I mean, they were pretty, like you said. He he wasn't focusing on secondary issues and on personal attacks. 
And so one of the things that I've noticed that uh, when people make those criticisms against Robbins, it tends to stem from, I think, two things uh, primarily. Uh, one of them being ignorance, that is uh, ignorance of the Bible and ignorance of, of these men uh, and what these men actually teach, whom they think are sound or they, they assume that they're okay because so many people like them or, or whatever the case may be. So um, like you said, again, and like the Bible says very clearly, we all need to be Bereans and we all need to be examine each other. Uh, examine each other's teaching. That includes Gordon Clark, that includes Robbins, that includes anybody and everybody. And that includes John Piper as well. And so when people say those statements that, oh, well, he's bashing Piper, it's like, well, first of all, you probably haven't read what he said. And the other thing is that almost to me, because I, I was raised a Roman Catholic, I was brought up Roman Catholic. And to me, that sounds just like something the, uh, the Pope would say. It's like, you're just going to, you're just going to, offhandedly dismiss Robbins in that arbitrary just a just it's just a very arbitrary and offhanded way of dismissing this man in the entire ministry and work that he's that he's contributed to the church uh, in such an offhanded way it's just it, it's incredibly immature and shallow when people do that and I find that it's very frustrating because you see a lot of that on Facebook and on you know the, everybody thinks they have an opinion and that it matters and that it's valid on Facebook it's just it's very it can get very annoying and that tends to be a popular opinion where people think that uh, you're not supposed to call people out in the way that Robbins did when, in fact, Robbins was actually extremely tame compared to uh, Paul when he says that the Judaizers should castrate themselves. You know, it's like, what you don't, are you even reading the same Bible that, that, that you claim to be reading? You know, it's like the Bible is telling you things that are so strong. It's like it would make anybody wince, especially people with those sentiments like you. It doesn't seem like they have an accurate understanding of the Bible. I mean, you can't even read Paul's letters without without uh, him calling names. I mean, he does it repeatedly in almost all of his letters, you know. And and for wishing, I mean, he even tells them at one point that he wishes their blood be on their, their that their blood is on their own heads now. And I mean, just things, It's it goes on and on, right? So, I mean, Robbins was a tremendous blessing and gift to the church. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of problems that I've read some of Piper's stuff and uh, you know one of the issues like you said Tom uh, you mentioned that he, he's been giving people platforms who are very uh, who are basically false teachers and people who aren't or extremely uh, dangerous in their in their teaching like Rick Warren you know uh, and uh, and uh, uh, who was the other one uh, Rick Warren and uh, Doug Wilson right right Doug Wilson uh, who supposedly recanted his views, but it sounds like it's just basically playing word games uh, from what I've seen. And I know Sean Garrity, who's another fellow, uh, published, he's, you've published some of his articles and, and books on the Trinity Foundation. He's he's kind of called him out on that as well. But And it's not just them. The, he also heavily promotes uh, Tim Keller and invites him to his conferences, who we've called out on the show and criticized uh, extensively, uh, documented all of his, the, the, the false teachings that he's promoted. And so the, he, he promotes C.S. Lewis as well, who is, um, I mean, and people make these assumptions about these people uh, thinking that they're sound or because they're so popular. And it's like, no, I mean, a lot of people don't even know that C.S. Lewis denied the inspiration of uh, books of the Bible, like the Psalms, certain Psalms and stuff. I mean, it's just, uh, and he confesses sins to a priest. And I believe he also uh, believed in purgatory. Yeah, so, he, was mean, an, he was an Anglo-Catholic. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and 
what that's why I'm so grateful for for the Trinity Foundation and the work that you all do because you're one of the very few ministries that sound the trumpet when nobody else does and when nobody else wants to and you don't have a problem with it because the truth is what's at stake and so you know let, let me yeah. jump in there Carlos because that what Carlos is saying is exactly right because we've shared our testimony before on, on the podcast but when we were going through the the challenge of trying to sift through all of Tim Keller's teachings and trying to figure out, okay, is he orthodox? Is he is are are we the only ones seeing this problem? Uh, for a while, that's exactly how it felt. We felt as if like we're the only ones seeing this problem. And what we discovered was that the Trinity Foundation was on top of it. You know, Tim Kaufman had already published uh, several articles outlying uh, some of the problems with Tim Keller and so we've seen this over and over because it's you know it's very difficult to go through everything that's out there and try to figure out what's sound what's orthodox what's okay and uh, and so it's a tremendous blessing to have a ministry like the Trinity Foundation where you have scholarly work and they can go through and, and look at okay so there are some issues with Piper. There are some issues with Tim Keller, and you know here are the here are the references, here are the sources, um, and here's the explanation as to why uh, why the, these men why we really should I think steer clear of some of their teachings. I just wanted to bring out here, um, pointing out doctrinal errors is not a hit piece, uh, and that's what uh, that's what we try to do, and that's what John did is is we quote these folks with their own words and mm -hmm. we don't take them out of context but we quote their own words and and compare them to scripture and where they're in error we point that out and um, also there there are other ministries out there doing this I, I have a book that I just got from ES Williams uh, Christian hedonism a biblical examination of John Piper's teaching ES Williams is uh, a fellow over in the UK who is, uh, I think he's a member, maybe a deacon of uh, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, Spurgeon's Church, where Dr. Peter Masters is the pastor. He's written a couple of books exposing Tim Keller as well. So there are other voices out there, but they're not the, the, the majority voices. They're not the loud voices, but there are other voices out there, and they're seeing these things as well. Uh, I think... Um, I think it was Kent Silva of Apprising Ministries. I think he's passed, but he was uh, bringing some attention to uh, the yeah. problems with John Piper's teaching as well. Uh, so there's others out there, but um, I think what John did in his Pied Piper was he got to the heart of the false doctrine on justification. You know, other people point out some other things that are errors that are that are wrong. You know, with, with Piper, you know, maybe you know his um, his charismaticism, uh, his you know, contemporary worship or the other things that, you know, are maybe wrong, certainly, and, and but I don't think they're the gospel. And this was the gospel issue on justification. How can a man become right before God? How can he be declared righteous? And, uh, and I think John was, uh, John Piper was sounding an uncertain sound there, uh, an error with his doctrine of future justification. And it's very similar to, um, Gaff, Richard Gaffin, Norman Shepard, John Kinnaird, and their teachings on, on um, 
you know, on the day of judgment, we're going to be justified by our works. And uh, it's a very dangerous teaching. And that's why John was animated. That's why he called him out, uh, called John Piper out, called anybody else who teaches these things. We, we called out Canard and Shepard and, and Gaffin on, on these teachings that uh, are false teachings. And it, it's a false teaching. I think, I think it's the, the confession calls it a damnable heresy. Because it concerns right. the salvation, you know, Paul the apostle had strong words in 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 First Corinthians 15 for those who denied the, the resurrection, but his anathema or the anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. That's where right. the anathema comes in. That is the right. doctrine on which the church stands or falls. And so when that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield, exposing the air and combating the air. Uh, and there's a great quote by Luther, you know, um, uh, if we're faithful in everything except where the actual battle is, then, then we're not faithful. You know, if we're faithful on all the, all field except where the enemy is, then we're not faithful because we've Amen. not, we've not engaged the, the enemy. I, I, that's a paraphrase of a paraphrase maybe, but the, the idea is there. The quote, but so there are thankfully there are other people that are waking up. They're comparing their Bibles to what these men are teaching, and, and they're coming up wanting. But as I said, we live in an age of, of anti-intellectualism, of, of irrationalism, of, for lack of a better word, lazy Christianity or churchianity even, and people just swallow what they're being taught without comparing it to the Scripture. And yeah, you know, uh, Tom, uh, so I, I'm actually aware of uh, E.S. Williams, and uh, that is a book that I want to get. I quoted E.S. Williams in my criticism of Tim Keller, the article that I wrote, but I wanted to ask you, did you by any chance see this article written by John Piper uh, published on September 25th, 2017, titled, Does God Really Save Us by Faith Alone? No, I have not seen that yet. I'll have okay. to look that up. I'm going to send that to you because, uh, you know, I think I think we should probably just do an episode on John Piper and what his errors are. I mean, you can you can. Uh, when did he publish that? On September 25th. It's the one that I oh, sent this, you. Oh, it was this year. Yeah. Yeah, this and, year. You know, yeah, I, I read that too, and I'm glad you brought it up because, well, for, I wanted to point out a couple of things that, that um, Brother Tom had mentioned about, uh, you know, I'm really glad that you pointed out that Robbins, from what I remember, Robbins didn't even focus on Piper's other secondary uh, uh, scruples about, you know, his his uh, his views about the gifts of the Spirit and of uh, his view of church, of certain things, of about certain ways of doing church. He didn't even focus on that. Like you said, he focused on the primary gospel, core gospel issues and, and exposed uh, his teachings for, for what they were. They were false. They're false. They were, they're contrary to the biblical teaching. And so I'm very glad you brought that up. And another thing was, I can already see people saying, you know, well, oh, well, we're just a bunch of hypocrites because aren't we all of Clark? Aren't we claiming to be of Clark? And I want to just make a distinction that we, we've made before, Tim and I have made before in an article that we published um, the, uh, called The Marks of a True Clarkian, because the issue here is not, we're not talking about personalities. We're talking about the doctrine that these these people exemplify or represent that's you know same thing with calvinism Cal clarkianism all we're referring to is the body of work 
that these men contributed and and blessed the church with. It's not about following personalities. And so um, when we say that we're Clarkian, we're simply saying that we subscribe to or that we hold uh, highly the, the his work. And we've been we've benefited by it and we appreciate it very much because we've learned uh, much from them. And so and Clark, you know, Clark himself is if you read Clark, you will see that this man was extremely concerned about making sure that he was biblical and that he was grounded in the in the purest stream of the church, which which he would say was the reformed tradition. And so Clark was squarely uh, in that camp. And so when and and he all of his his life and his teaching was dedicated to promoting that truth and to spreading that knowledge and 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 even uh, expanding that the, that knowledge to, to the other areas of philosophy of uh, politics of ethics of all kinds of different areas that didn't ha haven't gotten that much uh, attention and so that's another one of those reasons I'm extremely grateful for you know the Trinity Foundation because again you know th there's so much ignorance out there about about so many of these things and you know a lot of these are just ignorant assertions that people will make and you know I want to quote a few verses just to show this whole issue of guilt by association and why we're pointing out that Piper not only uh, uh, affirms these men like Rick Warren and Tim Keller and uh, uh, C.S. Lewis and and you know even Mark Driscoll you know inviting him to his, uh, his conferences and stuff like that but the reason why we're pointing it out is because it is biblical to do so because you can be guilty by association the Bible is explicit about that in the second epistle of John for example in verse uh, uh, in verse 9 says anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God the one who abides in the teaching he has both the Father and the Son if anyone comes to you and does not bring his this teaching do not receiving him in, uh, receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds so giving somebody who is promoting false teaching and and embracing it and not recanting it or or correcting it giving them a platform to spread their error and they also become not only do they promote their error but they become enablers to people who would otherwise not be exposed to men like like that because you have Piper and people think highly of him and so now he's basically validating all of this heresy and false teaching from these other men and so it's extremely dangerous stuff, and that's why it's important to call this stuff out and to and to point the finger on it because that's exactly what the Bible tells us to do. Yes, if, um, just wanted to add also, we talked about being a Berean, and no teacher except Jesus Christ, the teacher, is above being compared to Scripture. Uh, exactly. And even Jesus said, test my words and, and read the Old Testament. They testify of me. But Paul, you know, Paul the Apostle was not above being uh, his word having his words compared to scripture and so you know every every teacher should welcome this um should welcome being you know having their teachings um, compared to scripture and where they fall short they they need to, we all need to repent uh where we where we are in error where we contradict the scripture and so yeah that's this is something that's not a hit piece it's holding teachers to a higher standard which the scripture says teachers will be held to a higher standard right well you know Tom let me ask you this because uh, you know like I said before to characterize this as a hit piece is itself uncharitable 
And um, then the person went on to say that Robbins was very uncharitable. So in a situation like this, how would you respond to somebody somebody reading the article on Piper where Piper just – I mean, I can't figure out where Piper's at. If, uh, if you want to speak on that, that's fine. But this person th – the thing that comes up is Robbins called Piper a heretic and he's being very uncharitable. Uh, what would you say to that? If he's teaching heresy, what is he? He's a heretic. And he's teaching heresy on, on the gospel, uh, the doctrine of justification by faith alone. That's the gospel. Um, it's uncharitable to not call out um, the truth and, and expose the error. It's, it's uncharitable to those who would be reading and listening to a teacher uh, to not be exposed, to not expose the error. That's uncharitable. Uh, John used to say, um, as an analogy here, um, strychnine doesn't lose anything by being mixed with, with uh, orange juice. It, it gains a lot. So someone who's a, you know, can maybe say some true things and, and maybe has some good theology here and there, but they you know, they teach something that's her heresy. It's a, it's a false teaching, especially concerning the gospel. That makes them even more dangerous because people's guard can be exactly. down. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the uncharitableness is, is not exposing it uh, so that people aren't made aware. That's the uncharitableness. I mean, if you just look through the letters of Paul and even Christ uh, in, in the New Testament, exposing the, the Pharisees, the, the scribes, the false teachers, and also the, the hypocrites, uh, Paul does the same, and he names them. Uh, and he does so for the benefit of the believers, so that they know not to follow after those. Mark those who teach differently. Um, you know, the scripture is very clear on that, that that's what we're to do. Well, and I think one of the difficult things that I've seen is that when you point out that somebody's written something or published something that really strays from the gospel or strays from an essential truth of, of the faith, what people automatically do is they go and they try to dig up other other things that the person has said where they've gotten it right. And so when, when you, even you just saying that Piper's view, what he said about the doctrine of justification is, is an error, what, he's, what he said is wrong, uh, what he's written down is wrong, what will happen is that people will go and dig up a sermon where Piper lays out the doctrine of justification by faith alone accurately. And one of the things that I've said is, well, then he's just being double-minded. And if he really believes it when he says it accurately, then he needs to repent of when he makes a mistake. In the same way that, that Paul confronted Peter to his face when he, uh, when he forfeited the gospel— and Peter repented. You know, you can't you can't just stay there. And and especially when when you publish a book, I mean, it goes through an editing process that is very rigorous, um, and it's not just a slip of the tongue. And so, can you? I don't know if if uh, if you if you're able to uh, right now. And if you're not, then then that's fine. We can just move on. But would you be able to outline? Um, maybe a little bit how Piper's fumbling the doctrine of justification by faith alone? It seems to me, uh, like Gaffin and these others, he smuggles works into the definition of faith. 
Um, and it's this idea that our justification before, and I, I don't even like that term, uh, you know, when, when, when we're before the, the, the judgment throne, judgment seat of Christ, uh, we're judged. And, and these folks put that we're judged by, our justification is based upon our works. No, justification was once for all, uh, is a once for all declaration. And it's not based on our works. It's based on the work of Christ, and it's received by faith alone. Now, there's no doubt that a Christian will, will exhibit, will produce good works. That's uh, Ephesians 2.10. We are created in Christ, in, uh, in Christ Jesus beforehand to do good works, which, which, which uh, he uh, prepared in advance that we should walk in them. And so uh, a Christian ought to exhibit good works, but the good works are not a basis for any, um, any, any merit in this life, any, any uh, merit for heaven. They're not even a basis, I would say, for sanctification. They're a fruit of justification, and then they're a fruit of sanctification. A, a Christian um, should exhibit them because he's a blood-bought child of God now. And so he, he bears the image of the second Adam. And so he lives out of that. Um, and I think um, Piper's book, I think it was The Future of Justification or Future Justification. Uh, yeah, it's called Future Grace. Future Grace. And um, he, he's teaching this error, and I think that is so dangerous. Um, works are a fruit of justification, and they are a result of justification. And people put some sort of causal causal thing in terms of you know we're not we're not justified we don't have good works you know something where there's a cause and effect uh, they're on dangerous ground and um so this the unfortunately this this teaching is spreading um it's not just a problem in in presbyterian circles with you know gaffin and shepherd and canard um, and doug wilson and the federal vision folks it's a problem even in the in the Baptist circles and the Reformed Baptist circles, unfortunately. And there's a lot of cross, I don't want to say crossbreeding, but uh, in a crossover, you'll have these men at, at these different conferences uh, together for the gospel, the gospel coalition, where you have some, you know, PCA folks as well as, uh, you know, Reformed Baptist or, you know, so, uh, Southern Baptists that are Reformed. Um, and there's a lot of this going on. And... Um, as I said, we, we live in an age of, of really hero worship. I follow this guy. He's my hero. Uh, you know, I want someone to sign my Bible or something, you know, something like that. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a fear of man. It's a worship of man. Uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's very dangerous and, and we need to, you know, we need to hold each other accountable to the teachings of scripture and wherever we are, we need to, we need to have the humility to repent, recant the error, and to and to teach the truth. And uh, unfortunately, that's not a lot of that's going on. Nobody, nobody is above reproach, right? That's what we've been saying, and that's why it's important to scrutinize and examine these men. And it's like a, it's like the book of uh, what is it? Hebrews thirteen says uh, to uh, exercise your powers of discernment by discerning good and evil by constant practice i mean it it's a it's a constant thing it's not something that you should ever turn off uh because when you do you will likely you you're more likely to fall into error and be deceived and so i really ap appreciate you, know, you pointing those things out because you know people really need to read the article especially if you like piper or if, or if you have scruples 
if you have a problem with Robbins for calling Piper out, you should really read the article because it's not just that that he's you know talking about the uh, Robbins is uh, his accusation against um, Piper. One of the the accusations is that he teaches neo legalism, which is basically the the belief that you're saved by you're saved in some sense by your by your evangelical obedience or by your fruit or by your works. Let and me so, uh, let me go ahead and read uh, uh, two parts from the the article uh, and Tom. Yeah. You've not read this article yet, but it basically uh, he says exactly what what you said uh, about final judgment and uh, and this article I've I've heard of the the phrases final justification used uh, and I think I've I've heard that ref, uh, used by Doug Wilson uh, and David he, Platt yeah but, but, well but no but da no David Platt uh, I think just he he wasn't actually teaching the same thing. Um, no, but he was saying that there was a final justification that uh, be, the problem with that obviously is that and this is what F Piper's book Future Grace the first edition at least with Piper another thing Robbins calls out is that the grace that God gives us is fundamentally grounded in the past in the work that Christ accomplished on the cross that uh, finalizes our justification and we are just that justification is accomplished at the cross and it's applied to us when we repent and believe so the problem with Piper was saying is that he was trying to emphasize some kind of future grace that somehow was in the future. And so it, it, there was, that's how he kind of starts to smuggle in this concept of evangelical obedience, tying it to our justification or our salvation. Right. Well, let so. me, uh, let, let me read this. Uh, so in the article, he says, uh, Paul calls this effect or fruit or evidence of faith, the work of faith, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, and, and the, quote, obedience of faith, Romans 1, 5, and Romans 16, 26. And then he says, these works of faith and this obedience of faith, these fruits of the Spirit that come by faith are necessary for final salvation. No holiness, no heaven. So we should not speak of getting to heaven by faith alone in the same way we are justified by faith alone. And when I read that, that troubled me greatly. Um, and then he says, um, let me see if uh, that it might have just been that, that one part, but uh, let me see if I can dig up the other one real fast. I have it here. I think, is it the one about final salvation? I just read that. Okay. I have it right here. Let me go ahead and paste. Okay. Uh, essential to the Christian life and necessary for final salvation. Okay. So he uses the term final salvation twice. And Carlos, this might be what you were referring to. Essential to the Christian life and necessary for final salvation is the killing of sin, Romans 8.13, and the pursuit of holiness, Hebrews 12.14, mortification of sin, sanctification and holiness, but what makes that possible and pleasing to God? So he says, you know, essential to final salvation. And so it, it sounds to me like that's exactly what you're talking about, Tom. And when I read that, I found that to be very troubling because I do see that as a forfeiture of the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Yeah, it's... Does Christ save us, or do we save ourselves, or is there cooperation? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, he saves us completely, and we show forth the fruits of that, no doubt about it. And as I, as I mentioned with uh, Ephesians 
you know, we, we quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, but often forget verse 10. Uh, there are good works that we are to walk in, but there are works that he prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Um, we show forth who we are, but that doesn't get us heaven. Um, that's the fruit of, of you know, the, the root of the new life in us. And it's, it's, a, it's an effect. It's not a cause. And um, people get those things uh, mixed up. And uh, yeah, it's it's the old Roman Catholic I mix mixing of justification and sanctification, and uh, you know you're saying you're not justified until you're sanctified, and uh, the confusing of those two, and it, it leaves a person not only without assurance but it also it's a false doctrine. It's a as the you know people have said it's a soul damning heresy. Right. Yeah. And, and you know. Okay. So. We don't have a lot of time left. I wanted to ask you a few more questions. Sure. I, I want to bring this to the attention of our listeners. There is a Trinity Foundation conference that you are going to be holding this year. And would you uh, would you be able to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's titled The Reformation at 500, uh, subtitled Is It Over or Is It Needed Now More Than Ever? Uh, it's being held October 27th, the Friday evening and October 28th, the Saturday morning and afternoon uh, in uh, Johnson City, uh, here at the Hol Holiday Inn in Johnson City. Uh, the speakers are uh, Dr. Paul Elliott of Teaching the Word Ministries. He's written uh, the book on uh, the OPC. There's also Dr. Mark Evans. He's the uh, pastor of uh, Hope Presbyterian Church and the moderator of the, faith, uh, of the Bible Presbyterian Church, Faith Presbytery. Um, myself will be speaking as well, and then uh, Chris Pinto of uh, Doolum Films will be giving a presentation as well. Um, uh, both Dr. Evans and Dr. Elliott will give two presentations, and myself and uh, Mr. Pinto will be giving one presentation. And uh, you can uh, call the Trinity Foundation at 423-743-0199 uh, uh, for more information or to register over the phone. Uh, you can also go online to our website, trinityfoundation.org, and uh, there's a, a, a link you can click on on the uh, left-hand bar on the homepage for conference. It'll take you to the uh, information there uh, for the uh, you can put a registration form. And we're also going to attach the, uh, the links to the show notes so people can, can access it easily from there. Uh, this, this definitely is... A conference that I want to be at um, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to make it but you will be after the conference posting the articles or not the articles but the lectures on the Trinity Foundation is that correct uh, that's yes we're planning on doing that okay um, so real quick the, the conference is about uh, the, the the 500 year anniversary uh, and, and the Reformation where do you see the church with respect to the the Reformation today? I see us quickly approaching the pre-Reformation darkness. You know, we have we have the Word of God. We have lots of uh, mistranslations of the Word of God out there as well. But uh, it seems that uh, you know the devil's tactic in the in the Dark Ages was to withhold the Word of God from the people, and now. Maybe it's to confuse with, you know, various 
mistranslations and things like that that are going on. But then there's also, you know, how many Americans have how many Bibles in their houses, but how often do they read it? So there's great ignorance uh, going around. There's lots of false teaching. That, um, there's false teaching on various fronts, not just the doctrine of justification, even the doctrine of God and the, the doctrine of the Scripture. And so I, I think we're quickly approaching uh, the the darkness, it seems to me. Now, thankfully, there are, you know, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. God has his elect, and there, there are people, and, and we're thankful for the light that's still there. But I think the remnant is getting smaller, and we need to be holding to the truth more. And, uh, you know, you look at the, the church and you compare it to the world, and unfortunately, there's not much difference today, and it's because the salt has lost its, its saltiness. And uh, because of that, I think it's now needed more than ever. Uh, in, in one sense, maybe it's over, but it's now needed more than one, more than ever. Uh, you see groups that are joining with Rome and, in celebration of the, Re or the Protestant Reformation. Uh, you know, Luther is rolling over in his grave, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's needed more than ever. We need a wake-up call. We need to get back to the sources and... and we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to repent. Not just the, you know, it's not the world that needs to repent. It's the church. Uh, you know, that judgment starts at the house of God, and, and we need to get our own house in order. We need to seek the Lord, uh, repenting of our own sins and uh, our own errors and in, in conforming them to the scripture. And uh, that's what we need. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit as he did with Luther and Calvin and Utzer and, and Zwingli and the reformers of that generation. Uh, we need to get back to the Word of God and uh, see Him uh, do a work in our own time. Amen. Um, I think that's a really good place to wrap it up. I want to point out uh, just real quickly also that I was looking at the rates for the conference and it's like one of the cheapest conferences that I've, that I've seen. It's, you're getting a great deal so if people can People should really take advantage if they can because uh, it's like what a two it's a two or three three day conference. It's it's two days. It's two, two days. days. Yeah. And yeah, and so I, I believe that you like you provide meals and lodging, right? Uh, and it's only not, like not not lodging. We provide the meals in the in the venue. Uh, okay. Lodging is is not included. Okay, and it's pretty cheap. It's like only it's like what is it? Uh, it's uh, fifty. It's fifty five per person and a hundred per per couple. There you go. Uh, so a family of four also, if they, if they want to bring their you know, older kids or whatever, it would be, you know, 200. So, awesome. Yeah, this is, you're yeah. getting a really good deal. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope you keep doing them. I'm really disappointed that I'm going to miss this one. I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. <laughs> and uh, they cannot sit through a two-day conference, and, uh, and we can't leave them. I uh, living here, Yeah, living here in El Paso – uh, I can't, we can't leave our one-year-old, uh, alone that long. And so, um, but I would love, I think that'd be so awesome to take my kids when they're older to a Trinity Foundation conference. And, uh, man, that would be, that'd be such an honor to, to be able to participate in that. But, um, definitely I want to recommend this to our listeners. If you're able to go, this is a conference that I think is worth checking out. Um, and I also want to, again, recommend the Trinity Foundation just as a, as a resource to our listeners. 
yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, there's so much you can learn from the Trinity Foundation. And I want to point out just one last thing here because you have some uh, some very exciting uh, recent developments. I know uh, you've just signed some book deals, I think, with uh, Doug Dauma. You published uh, his his biography of Gordon Clark and uh, uh, even more recently uh, his, you know, the selected letters, letters of Clark. So if you could talk about that for a little bit. I actually didn't publish his biography. That was published. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We, we, we carry it, but we didn't publish it. We right. did publish the select letters of uh, Gordon H. Clark. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the last ones, the newest thing we, we put out. And um, uh, Lord willing, I'm, I'm trying to work on uh, putting Dr. Robin's lectures, uh, Thinking Biblically, into a, a, a book uh, that'll be kind of like a not only a book, but like with study study notes and things like that, study questions to be like kind of a workbook uh, on thinking biblically. It's so needed today. And um, so, Lord willing, in the next couple of years, that'll be something we'll, we'll bring out. Um, and uh, as we're able, as the Lord blesses, uh, and as uh, new material comes out, we'll be, we'll be doing that as well. But, uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's not just exposing the error, but also standing for the truth. Uh, both things are needed. Right. And, and, you know, you can't just, we're not just negative. Uh, just looking at our archived um, articles, you can see that. We've published a lot of things that are helpful. We're building up. Uh, but when error is uh, out there, it needs to be exposed, especially error concerning the gospel. Um, so I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, uh you know, the pleasure is ours. Tom, yeah, would, you, would you be willing to uh, participate more in the future? Uh, Lord willing, yes. After the conference, uh, definitely. Uh, before the conference, I'm pretty busy. But uh, after the conference, I'd like to maybe maybe once or twice a month, if I'm able, I'd like to be able to, to participate with you all. That would be fantastic. And we will basically Stay tuned. Just, yeah, whatever, whatever awesome. it is that you want to talk about, uh, whatever it is that you're seeing out there that needs to be confronted, uh, we would love to share our platform with you. Uh, hey, that's why we're here. So, Tom, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. Carlos, thanks for uh, for helping me out today. And uh, we will check everybody next week, Lord willing. Have a blessed week. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Hermeneutics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening, and welcome to Conversations from the Port. Hello and welcome to Living in the Vine. This is the Council of Google Plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. 12 podcasts, one network. Check them out at BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TrackedPlanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. 
Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's T-R-A-C-T-Planet.com, coupon code BTWN.